Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Live on a Tuesday. Adam Hill across the way. Cofield, BBBBBBBBC. Uh, Jeff is helping us out here on this uh, Tuesday back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It is Ari. It's Trending at 3. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Busy week. Starting to unfold. Even busier because the Raiders <laughs> are on a little bit of a short week. And we'll get to the latest on the Cleveland side. Who knows what the NFL games look like come Thursday with the Chiefs and the Chargers, Saturday with two games, and then Sunday. Last couple of days have been freaking crazy with the COVID protocols and the COVID positives. So we're getting to that as one of our top stories in just a couple of minutes. We'll get to the Super Bowl 2024. That's going to be announced tomorrow for Vegas, Super Bowl 2024, Vegas. I wanted to hit real quick, uh, UNLV Hoops is back tomorrow. They got two games in roughly like 17 days at a rush of games there. They came out of it okay. Would have been nice if they had won you know, some of the games against some of the bigger name programs. They certainly should have beat Wichita State. Now it looks like Michigan was a beatable team. Michigan struggling early in the season. Uh, but they got a game tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Omaha is in town. San Diego is next Wednesday. So they play on the 15th and the 22nd. So if you get a chance, come out to the Thomas and Mac. They, uh, they changed things with their uh, vaccination rules on the, the kids. So if people were objecting to that or, you know, basically couldn't bring their kids because they're not vaccinated, uh, check that out. So two games coming up, and we are going to lead into the Kevin Kruger radio show at 6 o'clock tonight. It's right here on ESPN Las Vegas over at the Orleans inside of Bailiwick. Let's see. In the NFL, Odell Beckham, Jalen Ramsey, Tyler Higby, Rob Havenstein. We saw that last night, right? Tack McKinley, familiar name. Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Wyatt Teller, Jedrick Wills, Rashawn Slater, Cedric Wilson, Josh Gordon, Miles Gaskin, Philip Lindsay, um, Alexander Madison, Kadarius Toney, Quez Watkins, Jonathan Allen, Christian McCaffrey. Some of the many names that are now on the COVID list as we've had, what, over 70 positives Monday and Tuesday. And, yeah. and the more testing, you know, over the next couple of days, you could have even more. I'm sure the league is very frustrated about this. Why do you think it's happening? Uh, I think you're seeing case numbers in general uh, yeah. going up in a lot of different Why do you places. think it's happening in general? Is it coming out of the holidays or out of the first holiday? Also, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And this is like the NFL saw this coming. This is not this is not some kind of like, oh, wow, this happened. Like, no, 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 but, but switched... they tried to take precautions. Uh, you know, by making rules a little more stringent around their facilities. Uh, and switching I, I, I'm, to daily I'm, testing. I'm guessing it's, well, the daily testing is part of it. Yeah. Right. Uh, as one famous man said, we're getting a lot, you know, a lot more positives <laughs> because we're doing a lot more testing. You know, as funny as that was at the time, it is actually true. I'll throw it out there because I just saw Dan Wetzel make the comment, a Yahoo columnist saying like, this kind of takes me back to UFC days when they were trying to clean things up. With performance enhancing drugs, they actually hurt their own product in the short term because there were so many fighters getting popped and suspended for, you know, six months, a year, two years. Like you're trying to do the right thing in the name of safety, but you could actually be hurting your own product. Are we going to get to this weekend where it's like, hey, the Browns just can't play, Raj, you got to back off the no, you know, the uh, 
the freaking forfeit thing here where there's like no excuses. We're not moving games. Like he, they might have to reverse course on that one. Well, let me let me just stop you on that because I I, I saw the speculation all over the place today of Cleveland forfeit. Remember the rule? It's if there's a breakout of unvaccinated players, you could forfeit. You can't. There's no forfeit if you're vaccinated. That's part of why everybody was like, get vaccinated in the league. Right. This will help us down the road. They're not going to forfeit. Right, so what do you do if you have? 35 of your 53-man roster in COVID protocol. Just bring in more, 35 more? Raiders win, I guess. Is, I mean, they're going to get in right. and uh, get to play a bunch of guys. Who By the play. way, no. the number is down to three, which yeah. might be an overreaction. Sure. Let's actually see how many Browns are on the list, but there's a bunch of them right now. Yeah. On yeah. there, and if Baker Mayfield goes down on the list. Could help. I was going to say that might, <laughs> might not be the worst thing. He yeah. hasn't really played. He was okay this last week. But you're going to – if you if you do have to go to a backup quarterback, by the way, uh, the offensive line right now, like the entire line has COVID. Right. So Just hand him the ball and go, good luck, bro. <laughs> right. So you got this great running game with nobody to block. You can have a backup <laughs> quarterback with nobody to throw. Like, it, it could be – So there's backups. It could be, it could be crazy. Uh, I think they would try to figure it out, maybe move the game to Tuesday – when, I mean, they they will make concessions. They are going to make for teams that are vaccinated. So any of this forfeit stuff is nonsense. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I I have the rule. I read it again today. It's yeah. if it's you un, have it's unvaccinated. If you have a breakout of unvaccinated players, you could potentially forfeit. Right. So if both teams are above 90 percent, then there shouldn't be a problem. Should not be. So they they should be able to play. But yeah, it's getting ugly. And I, I mean, it's crazy that we're still saying these things about about COVID and what's going on. Where I have I have friends of mine, people that you know that are sending texts of, and even people that were, you know, pretty vigilant and pretty, you know, pro standard. Like these are NFL players. Like they're not gonna they're gonna be fine. Let's play. And they're vaccinated. It's not gonna be bad. This is not about the guys that have it. It's about who it could potentially go to. Like you, what you don't want is a guy having it, playing because people are like, who? He's not symptomatic. Let him play. Well, then the. Ref gets it. His wife is is immunocompromised. She dies. Then what do you say? If you know, if somebody's mother, we know several players in the league who have family members with cancer, or family members who have you know immunodeficiencies. That you know, you can't. You just can't allow this to spread around. That's the point here. It's not. I I, I get it. People are frustrated, and fantasy players in particular are very frustrated right now uh, with a lot of guys who can't play. Oh, like my guy's perfectly healthy. He can't get on the field. Like okay, but it's not about him. It's about who it could potentially go to. You should have drafted a team with COVID at the end of the season in mind. Yeah. You gotta Actually, our most, most leagues, uh, if I'm correct, can you do pickups in the playoffs? Or the last, only week, league, last week was the last week of pickups? Well, the only league I've ever been in that doesn't allow pickups in the playoffs is the one we do. Is the one we're in, our, <laughs> yes, our Kansas the, City League? It's the only league I, I've ever You know, it's funny. I, it, that just hit me because I made no pickups last week, and I'm going to be in the playoffs, and I'm like, and my roster is my roster. That's it. Wait, don't we get one before? I have don't. We don't need to hash this out on a local radio show. I have no idea what the. I is. would hope so, but I, I mean, I, I, I thought I'll you get one up. before. I'll look it up. But you're the one who brought up the, uh, the frustration from, fantasy football players. Uh, Rich Pasaccia yeah. says, no room for frustration. Now it's completely different what he's talking about. He's not talking about fantasy football no. or you know the Browns being frustrated because the much of their team could be on the COVID list by Saturday. What's the vibe you're getting from Basach right now? Does it exude confidence? No. Does he no. exude confidence? No. Does, does it? Okay. Well, you know, we got, it's funny. We haven't brought it up on the show, and I don't know that other people have tackled it. I'm sure some people have talked about this. Now that we look back, did they make the right choice? Was there a better head coach option on the coaching roster? Yeah, I think there was, but I think, I said at the time there was, but I, I said, what I said was, 
I think Gus Bradley is actually going to potentially be a candidate for the head coaching job. That's why he's not the interim coach. Like, and I don't think Basachi ever was. And I think that's why they put him in, in place. Um, like, would Tom Cable have been a better choice? Probably not. There hasn't been any talk of that or with you guys around the team? No, it's always been Bradley. It's always been Bradley. Okay. Yeah. Well, Cable has other things, too. So, I mean. Well, they all have other things. Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I get your point. Like, the most daunting task on the staff may be what Cable has to work with and has to do and has to try to fix every week. Sure. But, he, I mean, there, there's things off the field, potentially, that, like, you didn't want any kind of drama of asking questions okay, of, like, I get that person's too. past. Yeah, yeah, I get you want, that too. Okay, Basaji is, like, the most, you know, steady, right. smooth straight, human straight being, straight-laced straight yeah. yeah, 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 shooter yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. So, and, and at that time, like, it was kind of needed. So, yeah. um, but I I think what you're seeing from Basaji now, and I, listen, I think there's a case to be made, like, it's not fair that he's in this position now uh, at all, where he has to come out and answer every week for why the team is falling apart, and he's not going to be there. Like, it's, this is not – like, he's not going to be part of fixing it. I mean, he might be back to special teams coach. I, I doubt – I don't know what they're going to do. But, like, this poor guy who is, by all accounts, and my dealings with him, just a, a tremendous human being, now has to just get trotted out there four times a week and answer for why this team is terrible. And it, it seemed to catch up to him a little bit yesterday. Uh, but he – I'm I'm the one that asked the question about, like, what what do you want them to feel? Like, should they be angry? Should they be embarrassed? Should they be depressed? Like, should they be frustrated? What should they feel? And he said he's not in the position of telling guys how to feel. And he's like, but one thing I won't accept is frustration, which I just thought was interesting. So I asked Eric Carr today, like, what is that? Like, why can't you be frustrated? Why why does it have to be everything else? And he said, uh, I'm trying to get this quote uh, exactly right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, frustration is just one of those things that uh, coach has always been a great leader. And he teaches you that if you're frustrated, that means you just don't think you can fix it. It's okay to be disappointed, okay to be angry, okay to be mad, but you've got to be able to move on, and I believe that. So maybe I've used that word in the past out of context because I believe we can always fix it. Yep. Who's the most frustrated guy in Cofield and Company every day? There's no room for frustration, Ari. No more room, according to Coach Passage. All right, on the way back, we're going to get to the big announcement. Yesterday, the NFL has this whole grandiose announcement or the Raiders do uh for the Super Bowl coming here in 2024 and someone stepped out of line and announced it early Nova Home Loans brings you trending at three it's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all-time lows now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer 877-700-NOVA We've had five turnovers. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to get ready to go play Cleveland. I don't know how much more I can banter around the turnovers in the game or the sacks in the game or what went on. You know, if you'd like to ask a question about Cleveland, I'm, I'm all ears. So that, that game's over, and we didn't play well enough to have a chance to win. Now we're on to the next week. Now back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Chill, Rich. Listen to the music a little bit. A little eggnog, maybe a little uh, spiked apple cider. By the way, is that a common term, spiked? Do you know what that means? It's alcohol in it? Yeah. I went into a liquor store the other day and I was like, hey, you got any spiked eggnog? And uh, the guy's like, nope. I'm like, bro. And then another guy there is like, yeah, it's right down there. It's the eggnog with the liquor in it. And the guy's like, I've never heard that term before, spiked eggnog. I'm 
like, I'm sorry, I'm old. I was at uh, Enchant last night. Oh, yeah? And uh, Spike Dagnock? I believe the signs did say Spike oh, uh, Spike Cider uh, nice. and uh, Spike Hot Chocolate. Nice. So I believe it's it up there. Uh, highly recommend on your travels. Might be on Netflix, though. Um, I got to get through the Beatles documentary. Watch first. Santa Inc. <laughs> Santa is it, I-N-C. Is it the Sarah Silverman, yes. Seth Rogen yes. piece? Uh, it's filthy. And I like filthy, but I was like, it's the holidays. You're making me feel weird. I don't like it. This doesn't feel festive. Well, I like. I mean, Bad Santa is my favorite Christmas movie. If so. I heard one more time about, uh, I think, I don't know, one of the reindeers just having a huge hog. I'm like, okay. <laughs> disturbing. Yes. So not for the kids. That's what you're saying. No. <laughs> oh, boy. No. The language was. It's strong. Good. If I if I get through the rest of the uh, thirty seven hours of the Beatles documentary on the plane on Thursday, I don't know what you're doing. It's, it's, it's killing it's me. Killing me. It's exhausting. You love it, but you hate it because it's actually one of the first things you've had to watch in a long time. You have to pay attention. You can't be on your phone while you're watching. I st- I am though because I'm I'm because that's the problem is that I'm I'm researching the Beatles as I watch it, and then I'll miss something and I go back. I'm like God, ah, just watch, just watch it. So a big announcement coming tomorrow. Are you going out to cover this? Raiders Super Bowl? No, Raiders Super Bowl. No, they're doing they're they're doing a, an announcement tomorrow. I mean, just because you guys jumped the line at the paper and spoiled it for the NFL and the Raiders doesn't mean they can't still do the big announcement. Well, they're doing it in Dallas, though. We'll look into this. They're going to also do some things here after. Yes. yes. But the announcement is going to be in Dallas. Okay. Are you going to be in Dallas? No. We have a full staff there in, right, in Dallas right Who's now. Who's in Dallas? Uh, Vinny, Ed, Heidi. Oh, okay. yeah, we got a full staff. Q Myers, two to six every day of this week on Raider Nation Radio. Make sure you tune in. I'm sure he'll talk about the Super Bowl announcement too. I'm sure he will. I think there's there's things that are, I am in a weird spot right now because I I'll just say what's right happening out. here, folks. I know a lot of things that are, what, that are going on and I can't happening. say them. Um, there's an embargo on information. You come on the radio station. You got to hold it until tomorrow. When do we find out? When can you reveal the info and not get in trouble? Well, we can reveal that they're making the announcement. We've we've already written that. Um, right. I believe that there's some properties on the strip they're going to participate in some. Yeah, they're doing of... a big light show. That's not a big okay. secret. Okay. I didn't know. Joy Taylor mentioned it so today okay. on on, uh, on Colin's show. Good. So all right, give us the details. They're, they're doing they're <laughs> doing an unveiling as, as they as they I participate. Gotcha. All the signs are going to change. Gotcha. It's not a big secret. All right, we already know. Okay. But we'll actually give you the details within the hour in put it on the board. I think it, in English we'll actually we'll elaborate. I think on this. there's going to be a, a news conference at Allegiant Stadium at some point. That's exactly what I was exactly what I was saying okay. two minutes ago. But they, I don't think they know because they don't. They have well, first of all they haven't announced. They could they could throw a curveball not announce it yeah. because they're if they're mad that it's out or something. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be it should I be announced it. in Dallas at I the owners it. meetings. I'm like you covering this thing tomorrow? What are you talking about? Dallas? Huh? No, they're doing it here. No, yes. no, they're doing the announcement in Dallas. They're going they have to one follow here too. it up. They want here too. They're going to follow it up here. Yes. with something else, but I don't they can't really schedule it until it's made they don't know what time they're going to do it in Dallas, so they don't know what time they're going to do it here. I think there's there's a lot of coordination still going on. All right, quick time out. We'll get our ducks in a row. Wait, what? what? <laughs> I don't know. We'll get our ducks in a row. Okay. Um Apparently, I already didn't know we were at the uh, BBBBBBC today. Okay. So, uh, Mike Pritchard 
actually came over to the station. <laughs> so he's there right now. You want to drive back in the five don't, minutes during the break? Don't be frustrated, Ari. Don't it's be not, frustrated, it's not, it's Ari. a worthless emotion. Basaccia said it. Don't be frustrated. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Chiefs spread the field on this third down, bringing Kelsey into a left slot right now, looking in that direction, going to drop it off to Williams. Williams got a free shot at the end zone. Touchdown, Chiefs. Hanging at the Battle Born Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Now let's talk a little Raiders. Let's talk Super Bowl to Vegas with a Vegas guy. He's part of Raider Nation Radio with Clay Baker. He's over on VSIN a lot now. Pritch is with us. Mike Pritchard. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's happening, fellas? Uh, I'm trying to negotiate the equipment in here. I think, I, I guess nothing has really changed in the studio. <laughs> nothing. You noticed that, huh? Yeah. My goodness. I'm like, am I going to break this mic stand or what's happening over here? <laughs> I wouldn't know. We've been in studio like uh, <laughs> 10 times in the last 18 months. So. Yeah. Enjoy no, it. Good, good to be with you guys. What's happening? Yes, yes. Well, we appreciate you driving over and, and giving us some time. Um, all right. Let's start with the Raiders. And what's going on right now? I mean, you played the game. I'm sure you were on teams where you're like, eh, it looks like a lot of guys have checked out. What do you think's going on right now with the Raiders? And do they have the, the look of a team that may have checked out? Well, you know, I'm not going to go that far. Um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But what, what is happening and what's continued to happen is the inability to get better when you need to get better. Um, that, that has happened to this football team the last two years, and now it's entered into this year as well, even though – all the indicators didn't suggest that that was going to happen again. But here we go again in the months of December or November, the end of November to into December, and yet they don't find a way to get better, right? I mean, everybody else is getting better. Justin Harper's getting better. Um, you, you got teams across the league getting better, the Colts, but yet the Raiders, they can't find a way to get better to improve on what they started in the first place. Is it possible? Like, I feel like when you when you try to look for reasons, people you know scream it's excuses, and and I get that at times. But is it possible this team is just exhausted? <laughs> exhausted from what? From Gruden, from Rugs, from mm, all, okay. all those things that have gone on all season long. Um, you know what, Adam? They could be, but in a bottom line business, when all that matters is wins and losses, I, I don't I don't know if that's uh, a viable excuse though for him. You know what I'm saying? I, I know it's it's a tangible one. It really is. And and I think people can look at that and, and look at what they've been through this year and absolutely point in that direction. Uh, but, you know, your job is dependent upon winning and losing. Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty moving forward for this football team. See, I, that's, that's what happens too, fellas, when you go all in like the Raiders did this year. All in, chips in the middle of the table. You can't, you can't bring any chips back now. Your bet is set. You're all in. And if it doesn't produce a playoff appearance this year, then the aftermath of that is going to be the fact that, okay, we just went all in. What now? What now? Uh, and I think the reality of that is starting to happen, too, in that locker room. I feel like this is like the fifth straight week. We'll throw out the Dallas game because they actually won that game. But this is like the fifth straight week where they play a game, they're not good, they lose, and then – the narrative coming out of it, whether it's from inside or outside, I think a lot of people is like, wow, this this is a disaster. It's going the wrong direction. But they're only a game out of the playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Like, they are still in it technically. 
it just doesn't feel like it. Like, no, it doesn't. I, I guess how how you know you've been in in a lot of locker rooms. Like, do they, are they looking at this like, hey guys? We just got to win a couple games and we're right back in it. Or are they like, it's time for the offseason? Absolutely looking at it that way in terms of, okay, we get a game. Okay, let's get the next one, then get the next one. You get on a roll, right? I mean, after the Dallas game, I think that's what a lot of the fellas anticipated happening. Uh, man, we just beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Nobody thought that was going to happen. Nobody believed in this and all that, right? And, you know, everybody's in a good mood, and, and but yet you don't back it up. The consistency is just not there the way that it needs to be uh, to produce a playoff appearance. Uh, and make no mistake, the, the playoffs, whether the Raiders want to say this or not, the, the playoffs was the goal this year. And if they come short of that, uh, it's just what I was mentioning earlier about the aftermath is not going to be kind to a lot of people. You, you got young guys going into fifth-year option situations. They're going to have a, a, a door slammed in their faces. Uh, you got free agents over here on one- or two-year deals. And you got Derek Carr, uh, who, who could flex. He could flex after this year, meaning – Look, either we get an extension done or trade me, or I'm not showing up for camp. I mean, there's so many things that could happen uh, in the future of the Raiders that's so uncertain uh, that there's a lot of pressure involved now. There's a lot of pressure involved, a lot of pressure involved right now for this football team to get back on the right track and make the playoffs. So, with all the uncertainty in the offseason, I think it's really interesting you, you just brought the car point because, yeah, there's only going to be one year after this. Uh, this would be a good time to move on if the team wanted to move on from him. If he tries to make that stance, isn't it pretty easy for the team to go like, okay, that's what you want? That's fine. Well, I mean, they could, Adam, but then, okay, now you're going to have to get a new coach and a a quarterback. I mean, give me a football team that starts over that way. And then what is it going to take to get the caliber of quarterback that you just had here? Like if, okay, you want to entertain Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to give up players and draft picks. You want to entertain Russell Wilson, you have to entertain giving up draft picks and players. Same thing for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, whatever direction they want to go in. Or if you go through the draft, uh, now you're really starting over. You're, you're almost Jacksonville. You're starting over with a new coach uh, and perhaps a, a franchise quarterback if you can find that in the draft. Hmm. Pritch is with us. All right, I want to talk Super Bowl here in a second, but uh, I wanted to play off you uh, talking about getting better, right? Getting mm-hmm. better. Um you're doing a lot of gambling talk now, and I wonder if it's changed your perspective on how you break down and view football, um, mixing in the gambling numbers now. Has it changed things for you? It has. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> right? It has opened my eyes, if, if anything. Uh, it's like Odell Beckham Jr. testing positive today. You're going to tell me he didn't have COVID in the game last night? I mean, that, that kind of stuff, it makes you put on a different hat, man. It's like, okay, how, how selective are they with these positive uh, COVID tests? Jalen and, and, and Tyler Higby, you guys are out. But Odell, we need you. You know, right. that kind of thing. But, yeah. uh, um, you, you know, the getting better standpoint, and, and here's what I'm talking about. Like, Josh Jacobs has not fumbled a ball in his entire career, really. I mean, he's fumbled, I think, four times now in his entire career. He doesn't really fumble the football. But why are you trying to bounce – outside on a play that's not designed to go outside. Uh, and then now you're susceptible to something like that happening. Scoop and score, touchdown. Uh, Hunter Renfro, he's involved in offense a lot more now because of numbers at the receiver in position, and plus he's a playmaker on this football team. You got to understand how that defender is going to play you after you catch a deep ball down the middle of the field. They're going to try to try to strip the ball from you. I mean, it's just that awareness, and, and that's what I'm talking about, Steve and Adam. When, when you're talking about separating yourselves in these months, playoff months, you have to fine-tune your attention to detail. 
you have to improve that way or or you're going to stay the same and people are going to pass you by. So I like the direction you went in. I'll tell you the direction I was going in with the improving. Um, so, you know, with you doing a lot of gambling stuff, you've had to adjust. You have to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder what you think when you see the, some of the highest earners out there all kind of patting each other on the back for sort of ignorant, like we're just closed-minded takes. Did you see the stuff with Phil Sims and Cower and Boomer about analytics and they were trying to get on John Harbaugh and it's like, we don't know about analytics when we don't want to know. And it's like, mm-hmm. what sort of attitude is that? Are you not looking to grow? Cause a lot of coaches are growing. Yeah, they are. Um, and, and analytics, are, they're a big part of, uh, of sports, all sports, really. Um, I think gamblers are certainly using analytics. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about probabilities. Like I can't predict an outcome of a football game. If I'm making a bet, I can't do that. But uh, I, I can look at the number and I can look at probabilities and I can look at, okay, where should I make my bet? You know, and, and, and so, yeah, it's different than that way. But before, I'll be honest with you, I'll be candid. Before, I used to like, okay, hey, that team's better than the other team. Hey, they're going to win, right? And, oh, yeah, they'll cover that spread. And, right, right. <laughs> but that wasn't the proper way of looking at it, as, as I quickly found out with my bankroll. My Pritchard's with us, a former NFL player, of course, has been uh, with the station for years and years and years, and now he's doing a lot of gambling talk on uh, VSIN. All right. I mean, you're a Vegas guy. You play in the NFL. Put into perspective for the audience, especially newer residents of Vegas, what it means for us to get a Super Bowl and just how amazing this this turn is from the NFL being anti-Vegas to now – now we're fully embraced. I know. They have uh, aligned themselves with the gaming industry, sports betting yes. industry. I mean, it's crazy yes. to think about. Okay, yes. just think about it, fellas. Last year, Super Bowl in 2021, well, you had, what, what $4.3 billion wagered on the Super Bowl. Um, and, and, you know, that was a, a season with no fans and stuff like that. But uh, now you think about the impact of the Super Bowl coming up this year and what the, what the handle could be or what the impact now that you got 30, 31 states that's legalized sports betting. Last year was just 20 states. Just a year ago, just 20, 20 states. Uh, so the growth is extraordinary. I, I think the decision from the owners to uh, award Las Vegas for the Super Bowl is going to be massive. Uh, we're, we're talking CES on steroids, really. I mean, you, you got, and everybody, if people aren't familiar with CES, there's a huge convention out here. And that's how you got to look at it with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is a convention for the National Football League. Yes, they play the game. Yes, they have a world champion. But you have 32 billionaires uh, in one city planning the future of their industry, so to speak, of the future of their game. And they're going to do that in Las Vegas. They're going to celebrate it at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, it's, it's going to be exciting for the residents here in Las Vegas to be able to celebrate that as well. You don't think the teams are going to do anything special to try to protect their players from Vegas, right? Oh, <laughs> well, are you talking about the, the teams that are in the Super Bowl or just because yes. every team yes. is going to be here? Yes, yes. The teams that are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, the teams that are in the Super Bowl, look, I mean, there's high security when it comes to the Super Bowl. You're going to be housed at certain hotels um, and then you're going to move to another hotel the night before the game. I mean, all that stuff. So... Uh, I don't know how many hotels are out at Lake Las Vegas these days. I mean, <laughs> I think there's only one out there, right? And so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, you know, the Raiders have done it all year with the M. Um, so I, it's not going to be difficult to to keep people away, although although we know that things have happened on uh, the night before the Super Bowl or during Super Bowl week. And, you know, you got to be an adult, man. This is for a world championship 
Uh, and I think if you're an NFL player and if you jeopardize your opportunity to become a world champion because of shenanigans, I, I don't know what to say about that. It could happen in any city, by the way. Of course. Uh, Pritz is with us. All right, let's come full circle. Go back to the Raiders for a second and the future beyond Derek Carr. Uh, what should happen upstairs? Does Mike Mayock deserve more years mm. to really run this organization? Because a lot of us think that you know Gruden was making a lot of the decisions, or do they just go complete clean slate? Ah, oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know what direction the Raiders are going to go in. Um, they are they are bunkered up, Adam. I mean, do you agree with that in terms <laughs> of how they? I don't think they allow people the access you, you, you would think they would allow, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, they are bunkered down, Steve. And well, Pritch, I well, think here's the Pritch. The key question is: outside of Mark Davis, mm-hmm. who is in the brain trust? Uh, well, that's a great question too. Um, I I can I can point to some people off here, because <laughs> 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 I, I, you know this is just you know word around the National Football League what's going on, but with a bunkered mentality that the Raiders have, it's, it's tough. I, I know people think that they know, but I don't think they really know uh, because no. of the bunkered mentality that the organization has right now. It's uh, it's, it, it's going to be a really weird off season in terms of, just because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually you have different layers of the organization and you're going to get information from certain places. But in this case, it's really just, it's one guy now. Um, a lot of the, and, the main layers are gone. They've all gone bye bye in the last three months, and most of them, and them, they will be gone. Like you assume, and the other the ones you that assume, are left, yeah. assume the general manager will be gone, the coach will be gone. You assume all these things. The quarterback, I think, will be gone. Like you assume all these things, but we don't know. Cause, yeah, because as, as Mike was saying, they're not saying anything. Mike, yeah. would you favor like a, a czar type, like another Gruden type, who has his hands in everything, or do you absolutely have to have? you know, a, a GM with lots of power and a coach with lots of power. Well, you don't have a hands-on owner. I mean, I, Mr. Davis, I give him a lot of credit from a business standpoint, but from a hands-on ownership standpoint, uh, it's it's not that, right? So president of football operations in GM, perhaps, I mean, that, that kind of um, hierarchy or, or that kind of structure would, would perhaps bring stability to an organization that hasn't had stability for a while. And so uh, when you look at that, I, I think the Raiders need to move in that direction. Do you, if there was a certain high-profile college coach who's having a very good season, who's also had success in the NFL, that wanted full authority over coaching and GM, would you give somebody that authority to do both? Or is that not worked enough in the NFL that you wouldn't want to see that? I, I wouldn't want to see it. Um, no, I, I mean – you're talking about that's the Jimmy Johnson way, right? Yeah. I mean, he's the only one to really do it that way. Uh, and then that fell apart too, though, at some point. Because at some point, it, it is going to fall apart. At some point, um, whether it's Jerry Jones, the owner that wanted more credit. Uh, look, I mean, these billionaires, they, they want the attention. They don't own teams because, oh, look, I own a football team. They, they, they want to be known of, of owning a football team. I mean, that's, that's the fun for them. I mean, it's just like a, a head coach calling plays. Yeah, I'm a head coach, but I call plays because it's fun. Uh, and so I, I think that structure, it really doesn't play out. Uh, at some point, it's going to fall apart, Adam. And uh, president of football operations slash GM, then head coach, I think is a way to go. Pritch, we appreciate it. For the audience that's not familiar with what you're doing over at VEASAN, uh, tell them when you're on what you're doing. Um, locally, 12 to 1 uh, Pacific. Uh, 
if you're if you're listening online, is that's three to four Eastern. Uh, is uh, betting across America on VSIN, and so what we're doing is uh, providing an insight uh, from Josh Applebaum. He's a data-driven better. Uh, and then I, preside, I provide insight in terms of a player's perspective and a casual better. So it's a really good mix because I'm learning a lot. Uh, and, and I think the audience learns with me as well as people that are in tune with betting and certainly more experienced with betting. Uh, they get a lot of value out of the show as well. Pritch, you're awesome. Thanks, man. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Mike Pritchard, Thanks, sir. former NFL player, hometown guy. We'll address the uh, Jim Harbaugh discussion. <laughs> about someone coming in, especially from the college ranks, although, you know, here he was in the NFL already, but uh, bringing in a coach who has all the power, uh, if that is something that could work or that Mark Davis would be open to it. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk is on the way. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. They're down and eight now first. The car is pointing at Jones. Get on him. And here's from the gun. And the car takes Out. off, and he's going to oh. get fumble. Scooped up by the Chiefs. But he was ripped. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. What a mess, what a mess. Fumbles all over the place. An interception, which essentially was not on car. Not no, on car. No. It's a weird time right now. I mean, it's a familiar feeling time because the Raiders got out to a good start and now they have stumbled to six and seven. Miles Simmons has been around this scene in the past. Now he's doing national work for Pro Football Talk. He joins us every Tuesday. Miles, how you doing, buddy? Hello, gentlemen. Doing much better than I did last week. I'll tell you that much. I'm in our apartment today, so we're good. Shopping's all done. We're good. Uh yeah. Shopping, we had car trouble. It was just—it was a mess last week, man. It was a total mess. We're good now. <laughs> good, easy segue. Uh, the Raiders are a mess, right? Uh, we started. To, yeah. We started. You know, we've been starting the discussion here about looking ahead. Who's going to run the organization? Who could coach it? Adam just brought up with uh, former NFL player Mike Pritchard, uh, Jim Harbaugh, um, and the possibility that the Raiders could go for another Gruden type guy who would coach and essentially be a guy who'd have his fingerprints all over the organization. Do you think? That would work. I think that might work might work best for Mark Davis. Just based on the way things went with Gruden, where it was like, okay, Gruden's the football czar. He is the one who's gonna, you know, handpick his groceries and then he also gets to, you know, cut them up and put them into whatever dish he wants. And I, I feel like that works best for him because it means that there are I guess less fewer touch points that he would have um, with people who need to report to him, you know, because at least with Gruden, it was like, all right, well, yeah, it's all, he is doing the football stuff. Like I know that I can trust John Gruden to do the football stuff and we can, you know, debate whether or not he was right to put all that trust in John Gruden when it comes to just the on the field um, aspect of things. Um, but I think just from the standpoint of like the way Mark Davis has run the Raiders, I think the fewer people probably have to report to him, the better, but, it, that that does mean that you have to have exactly the right person in place in order for that to really work very well. And I don't know how many people there are out there who can really be that kind of football czar 
and you know not only be the person who runs the team but also be the team that can be the person that can coach the team so either you've got to get that, that specific kind of person or you probably need somebody who really knows football and can really be like a president of football operations and have that person do all of the rest of the selecting we've talked about a lot of names you know kind of trickling out but not really because it, it's been very kind of tight-lipped around the Raiders, but the names that have been kind of speculated, Harbaugh, we just mentioned, David Shaw mm-hmm. from Stanford, um, and Dabo only because he was on the sideline wearing Raiders gear last week. Uh, those are names that have kind of been mentioned a little bit. Does Urban Meyer ruin all college coaches for the NFL now? I don't think he ruins college coaches in general, but I think he's ruined himself, right? I mean, if – you look at also what Matt Rule has done to me. That also is maybe a little bit of a cautionary tale for college coaches too, just because I don't know that they're doing anything that makes you feel completely positive about the direction of that organization, right? I mean, like Urban Meyer's a mess and Jacksonville's a mess, but like that organization's been bad for a really long time. You look at Carolina, they at least had some sort of infrastructure in place where it wasn't all bad all the time. And yes, David Tepper is more of a new owner and he wants to make sure his guys are in there and they're doing the things that he wants them to do and running the organization the way he wants it to be run. But in two years, I think that it's a little bit fair to say that uh, the Panthers have completely bungled their quarterback situation. And now they're still playing P.J. Walker and Cam Newton, which, I mean, I know we know what Bill Parcells says, right? You know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And then they're talking about bringing in Sam Darnold and possibly having him play in the last couple of weeks of the season. The whole thing makes no freaking sense to me. So. I would say, like, if you're looking at what they're doing, that's more of the cautionary tale than what Jacksonville's doing. Because, like, Urban Meyer's been a mess, and he's had, you know, all kinds of follow him from job to job. But, like, if you're just talking about a college coach in general, the the Matt Rule stuff would make me would make me pause. So, going back to the Raiders and potential, you know, coaching opening, it, it I guess potential. Talking- God, Adam, come on. If we're still talking, if we're still oh, talking there. potential after. After, I mean, you know what? Okay, like, I, I'm sorry to cut off your question, but like a, a few weeks ago, we had the report come out from um, Lockhand Fora that Mark Davis hadn't really started the coaching search. And I, I commented on that at the time, like, okay, well, I, I hope it's going quietly because, <laughs> like, even if you want to instill confidence in Rich Massaggi and all this different stuff, like, he's still the interim coach and he's still going to have to interview for this thing after the season. Right, you're still going to have to satisfy the Rooney rule in general. So, like, if they're not interviewing people, there's there better be some sort of list, right? There better be some sort of thing where at the start that they can with this two weeks uh, where you can interview assistants at the end of the season, there's better be on that. And <laughs> if you think that you know that it's still, oh my gosh, are they going to keep Rich Massage after they go and get absolutely rolled? by Kansas City from the first snap, come on. Like, they're, they're, everybody deserves better than this, you know? I mean, if you're a Raiders fan, you can't possibly think that they can keep the same coaching staff in place. It's just not it, – it's not possible. I'm sorry. Now you can ask your question. I was just being respectful of the fact that he has the job. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that, and you have to go to his press conferences, and I don't. And I appreciate that you go because <laughs> sure. you ask good questions, and then I get my content for Pro Football Talk. But I'm just saying, he's still got the interim tag, all right? So, you know. Well, you bring up something interesting. If there's a rush <laughs> to start interviewing folks, Miles, in that window, 
who does the interviews, you'd have to think that the GM has to be in place like relatively soon if you're going to be freaking going full speed into these interviews. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, yeah, well, Mark that, Davis, that's kind of Mark the Davis and his what brain I was talking trust. about. Mark Davis and his right, brain trust are doing the interviews. I, that has to be what it is, right? And that's what I'm saying that he has to decide where the organization is going to go and how he wants it to be. Do you want that one football czar that is the coach or do you want somebody who's going to be a president, general manager, whatever you want to call it, and then have it from that kind of top-down structure? If it's that, which, I mean, I, is anybody really going to argue if they decide, you know what, we don't necessarily want Mike Mayock to run the football operation and instead we're going to go with something new? Is anybody really going to object to that? I mean, like, I don't know that Mike Mayock has totally done a poor job because who knows which were his picks and which ones were John Gruden's picks, right? I mean, John Gruden was the one running the football organization. And so maybe Mike Mayock can talk his way into thinking that, or thinking Mike, Nick and Mark Davis say, all right, you know what? I feel comfortable getting this guy a shot, running the entire football operation, hiring a coach, and let's go with the plan that he wrote, that, that he writes, you know, that, that he comes up with. But I don't know that, you know, anything I'm seeing right now would really convince me of that, especially, like I said, when you go to a division rival and get rolled, like you're a team that's going to go two and 11 or, or two and 15 or whatever the heck it is now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think that everybody could benefit from cleaning house. So this is something we usually ask about college jobs, uh, but is the Las Vegas Raiders a good job? That's a good question. I, I think it is because... I mean, even though you've got uh, two quarterbacks in your division that are, you know, all world in Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, I still think that there are pieces in place and there's a quarterback in place that's good enough to get you to a postseason berth at least, right? And I think that especially now when you have seven teams per conference getting into things, like you're usually going to have two teams in one division that are, excuse me, three teams in one division that are going to make it into the postseason. So I feel like there is an opportunity there. Now, that being said, Derek Carr has a lot to do with this too. And is Derek Carr going to want to uh, go through a, a another regime change? And I think that that's a fair question to ask. And I know, like when I said this before on Twitter, like, like well, didn't you hear Derek Carr said he wants to be a Raider for life? Like, I understand that. And frankly, I believe him when he says it. But I think that circumstances change. We heard him talk after this game on Sunday. Look, he, there's a lot of things that are on his mind. And I think that it's fair for him to say, you know, is this really the place where I want to continue my career? It would be fair for whoever comes in and is running the football operation to say, is this the QB that I want to be the face of the franchise as I run it? So, there's a lot that has to be decided, but I just I feel like you know from the standpoint of it's a new stadium, you can attract free agents given the fact that you're on the West Coast. You know you're in a really good climate. You play on grass. You have a state of the art facility. There's a lot to like about running the Raiders, especially because you're always relevant, right? And you haven't won a long time, but the Raiders are always always relevant. So I think that there are a lot of good aspects to that job. You, uh, I'm just going to ask this because uh, it makes me laugh. Uh, I don't know okay. if there's a real answer to this. Um, when the team with the easiest schedule in the NFL, who had all kinds of expectations, the Buffalo Bills, don't make the playoffs, do they fire Sean McDermott? Would he, would he be a good candidate in Las Vegas? 
Uh, I don't think they'd fire him, but if they did fire him, yes, he would be a good candidate. I mean, it is really interesting to see the way that the Bills have operated and like what's been going on with them. Frankly, I thought it was a good performance just for them to get back in it. And I give yeah. credit to Josh Allen um, just from the way that he was like putting the team on his back and you know was able to get them back in it um, because I I thought that they were going to go to Tampa Bay and get rolled, and in the first half they kind of did. Um, but I, I just I think that it's what's more likely is Brian Dayball is going to get fired. And that's interesting too, because kind of like Joe Brady last year, look, Brian Dayball was one of those guys where you just sort of figured out like, man, you know, he has helped Josh Allen get so much better. He's probably going to get some coaching job. And this year, you know, it could have been, well, is he going to take Mitchell Trubisky with him as a bridge quarterback to whoever, or maybe he's going to keep playing Trubisky because he now knows the offense from being a Buffalo. I don't know if any of that stuff is going to happen anymore, just based on the way, things have gone with the Bills. So they're in trouble. I, I really do think they're in trouble. It was kind of a foregone conclusion that they would win the AFC East this year. Clearly, that's not going to happen. And they, yeah, they're in danger of not making the playoffs at all. Miles, what's coming up this week with uh, PFT and Peacock? Uh, we will be on uh, PFT PM tomorrow and Friday, 2 o'clock Pacific. It is on Peacock, the exclusive streaming home of The Office. And we will certainly be keeping everybody up to date with all the COVID situations. Eight rounds going on the COVID list today. So clearly that has a lot to do with the Las Vegas Raiders playing that game on Saturday. Miles? Those superfan episodes are tremendous of The Office. They're great. <laughs> they are. They're very good. They're very good. Thanks, Miles. Take care, guys. Is it bad that I'm not watching The Office for a second time around? But the other night, I went way down a rabbit hole, and I watched three straight episodes of The Love Boat. Oof. I mean, oof. oof. Oh, bad. it was dynamite. It took me back to my youth. I'm I'm on a... Late I'm, 70s and early 80s hot. I'm not I mean, watching... You've always on me for that. I'm not watching The Office for a second time either. I'm watching it for a 14th time. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.